Welcome to the TJ Malden Leadership Podcast, where we talk about life, leadership, and the gospel. Hey, everybody. Glad you are hanging out with us today. Listen, today is a, for me, um, a really, I, I'm excited about today. I hope you're excited about it. I hope you clicked on this link thinking today is the day that I'm going to hear something that I've never heard for the very first time. Because listen, I created a term today. All right. And I, I don't know if, I don't know if I fully created this term, but I said this when I was kind of taking notes and thinking through what I wanted to share with y'all today. And I I can't Google and find this term anywhere, and Google's pretty reliable. It's kind of biased, but at least it's reliable to tell you terms that do exist. And I've never before heard fraudulent personality disorder, okay? So it's really just a a very clinical-sounding way for me to say don't be a fraud. All right, so if there had to be a title for today, like what we're going to talk about, it would be don't be a fraud. And so I want to investigate for a few minutes what I'm calling fraudulent personality disorder. Um, and really the foundation of that comes from Proverbs 20:17. It says, food gained by fraud tastes sweet, but one ends up with a mouthful of gravel. So meaning there are times where people cheat, lie, imposter, whatever it is, to get what they want in the moment, But when their authentic self or whoever they are or the truth comes to light, it's like chewing on a mouthful of gravel. It's it's painful, it's uncomfortable, and it's not fruitful. So today, I just want to investigate that for a few minutes with y'all because I know there have been seasons in my life. I'll never forget this. I've actually shared the story before. Uh, But when I was in kindergarten, I think it was kindergarten, first grade, second grade, I don't know, sometime kind of elementary age, um, I, I came. We we were relatively underprivileged, is the way that I would say it. Uh, when 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 I was younger, and um, and I'll never forget. I was sitting at a lunch table, and I was talking about like how we had this three story house, and how there was a pool in the middle, and you could jump off the balcony, and I had a pet monkey, and all these things. And I've shared this story before, and, and I'm telling this story right at lunch, and my sister walks up, and she's like, "He's a liar," you know, just like any good big sister would do, right? Totally expose you in front of in front of a group of people that you're trying to be friends with. And I was just a little kid. But even from a young age, right, it seems like there's this temptation to be something other than we are or to think we have to be more. And so I started thinking about that and investigating that. And and, and even in myself, like, there are moments that, that I can look back on my life where I, I chose to present myself as something that I was not and so today I want to talk about that because maybe you're at a place to where you feel like you have to present yourself as something that you're not, that you have to present yourself as smarter than you are, you have to present yourself as as more disciplined than you are, you have to present something other than you are because you think who you are or what you are is so less than. And so that was the first thing that I, I realized. I'm like, okay, if somebody's dealing with being a fraud, like sometimes it's not because, and we're going to, the last one this today is going to be ill-gotten gain. Maybe it's not ill-gotten gain. Maybe maybe it's because you have some insecurities and you really think who who you are and what you have is not enough. I think that potentially for a lot of people, the foundational struggle with lying or being a poser or an imposter or putting on an air or, or, you know, trying to present yourself as something that you're not, I really think it boils down a lot of times to this one insecurity that we think in our minds, 
Who we are and what we have is not enough. So I have to add on. I have to put on this bravado. I have to put on this mask. I have to, I have to put on these airs because at the core of who I am, I don't believe that who I am and what I have is enough. And that, that, that gripped me. When I realized this, like how differently would we treat people if that person that puts on those airs, that person that we know is, is putting on a show or being filled with drama, trying to, trying to seem like they're something other than they are, like what if, we really, what if we really understood that they just felt less than? Like how much differently would we treat people? And I am thinking about this for myself. Like it, this is kind of convicting for me and for my heart because my, I'm like, man, there are people that, that, you know, they put on this tough exterior or they put on this high class exterior or whatever it is, they put on whatever mask fits them because they think that's what makes them, it makes them something more than they are because they don't think they're enough. Man, when I, when I started thinking about that, I was just kind of shook because that's been true for me at times in my life. When I put on a mask, it's because I didn't believe in that moment that what I have and who I am was enough. The second thing is this, though. Not only that, it's not, insec- it's not just insecurity, but it's also belonging, all right? Like, I know people, and I, I joke about this with our college kids at our Red Door ministry on Tuesday nights at First Baptist here in Tifton, but I've joked about this before, how, like, kids come, kids come from all over the country, you know, like, and, and we have a great tennis team, so kids come from uh, uh, Deepak, uh, one, of, um, one of my friends uh, came from India, who was on the tennis team for a while. And so people come from all over the world and all over the United States to come to school at this little school in Tifton, Georgia, ABAC. And at ABAC, like you got like the rodeo, you got land judging, you got people who are going for like agribusiness. It's a big agricultural school. So you'll see these people come in from all over the country and all of a sudden, like two weeks later, they got like pearl button snap shirts and some boots on. It's like, what is happening? Well, the messaging that they grab a hold of is this. If I'm going to belong, I can't be myself. So what you see, sometimes someone puts on a mask or someone is an imposter or someone's dealing with what I like to call fraudulent personality disorder because their need to belong is greater than their ability to believe that they have value for who they are. Hear that again. Their need to belong is greater than their ability to believe that they have value just as they are, just as who they are. And ultimately, and, and I want you to hear this, and, and this is it, what wasn't even in the notes as I was, as I was prepping for today and thinking through this podcast, but when we do that to ourselves, when we refuse to be who God called us to be, when we refuse to lean into our personality and our idiosyncrasies and, and you know, like who we really are and who we know we are, we're, that's really an affront to our creator. Like when I try to put on somebody else's personality or somebody else's peer group or somebody else's preferences so that I might overcome my insecurities or so that I might belong to their group or to their clique, I'm really undermining and devaluing who God created me to be. And if I'm devaluing the masterpiece of the master, then at the end of the day, I'm, I'm devaluing the master. Like that's, that's an insult to God to not be who God called you to be. That's an insult to God to not be who you are because you were created with a purpose. Oh, I'm going to get there in a minute. So just hear that. Like 
you may be pushed by your insecurities to think that who you are and what you have is not enough. That's a lie. You might be pushed to shift who you are, put on a mask so you, that you might belong somewhere because you think that your need to belong is greater than your ability to believe that you have value. Man, listen, you are valuable. And then the third one is this. This is the third reason. When I was thinking through like, all right, why, do, why would someone put on a mask? Why would someone be a fraud? The third one is ill-gotten gain. We say, well, TJ, what do you mean by ill-gotten gain? Um, I, it, it drives me crazy. Like, I, I'm, I thank God that I was born American. Like being an American is really incredible, and there are men and women that serve in the armed forces, and they lay down their lives for our country, and they protect us. They stand on the wall, right? And like they protecting our nation this is an incredible thing. But there are these videos, and I'm sure some of you have seen them before, where there's like guys who will get a military outfit, and they'll go to like restaurants and stores to get the military discount. It's called stolen valor. All right. So to get the military discount or so that they get honor, right? Or so that they get respect, but it's not real. And so they're trying to receive something for being someone they're not. It's stolen valor. It's putting on a mask or being someone they're not so that there might be ill gotten gain, right? So they may gain something that they didn't authentically earn and should not authentically receive. I, when I was thinking through this podcast, I thought about Elizabeth Warren. She was a. Uh, she was a, she's a senator, you know, and uh, she ran to be a, a, a president. She was uh, one of the, in the anyways, uh, she was a, a Democrat in the, I, I guess it was the 20, the first time Trump ran, right? And, uh, and Biden and all those guys, and, and they were having all that fun together. And uh, no, it was, what's her name? Hillary. That's right. So um, anyways, Elizabeth Warren wrote in 1986, she wrote on her, card when she was taking the Texas bar exam. She wrote on a card. She checked that she was Native American. And so anyways, this all these years later, this comes to light that like Elizabeth Warren, who is clearly 99.9999999% European, right? Completely Caucasian. She checks Native American. Why? Well, ill-gotten gain would give her influence. Would her Her resume would look better in front of a committee. Well, it, it came out later, and someone, because I know somebody's listening, and you're going to Google this, and you're going to say, oh, no, TJ, her DNA test came out, and it said that somewhere between the 6th and 10th generation, there was a person in her family, in her heritage, who was, you know, who was Native American. So she's point, you know, zero 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 one two percent Native American. Well, check this out. I did a DNA test one time. And uh, I, I had to do a DNA test one time. I guess that's a lot to say on a podcast. You want to really unpack that a little more, right? Like, why did you have to do a, do a DNA test one time? Well, I guess we all have a past in history that doesn't need to be unpacked in one place at one time. But I can actually tell you a little bit about this. So for health purposes, our family, we were all doing this genetic test. You all thought it was going to be something like sultry. Yeah, you thought something was going to be shady. Everybody, y'all should, I wish you could see everybody sitting around this room. Like everybody's like, oh my gosh, oh, what's about to happen? So anyways, um, our family, uh, my, my grandfather had cancer <laughs> and, uh, and my mom had cancer and uh, my mom actually has cancer right now. Again, she has spinal cancer. And so our family, all, my sisters and I, we were doing, we, we all did this genetic testing to make sure that, you know, who has certain genes or whatever. But anyways, so we did all this DNA testing. It's 23 and me stuff. 
and um and mingled in with other reasons like we were we were discovering things we were looking through things and it was incredible to find out that i am like 0. 0.00 a bunch of zeros 1% west african now listen if i were to come to you today and i would begin to say listen i i need to be accepted or i need to be given privileges and rights as an african american because i have in my heritage 10 to 12 15 generations ago one person or two people like that would be trying to receive something for ill-gotten gain like i don't deserve that like that's not who i am right like like i am an american i'm I have scottish heritage i am but but man i'm European and I'm Caucasian to to presume or to grab an identity that's not mine to have so that I might get some right or some privileges. That's just fraud. And so you may be grabbing a hold of today. You may be identifying with a mask that you're putting on so that you could get something that does not really belong to you. That is base level fraud. So don't be a fraud, right? Like investigate your own fraudulent personality disorder if you are struggling with that, okay? And then I'm going to give you, I want to give you, I want to gift you three certainties as you aim at being authentic. You say, okay, TJ, well, how do I, how do I combat then being a fraud? How do I really fight against, like, if I have that temptation in my heart to put on a mask, even if it's for insecurity, maybe it's not ill-gotten gain. I know that's like fractional but maybe it is insecurity or maybe I just really want to belong. How do I fight against that? Well, I'm going to give you really, really, three really, really, really simple things really quick. Number one, remember and meditate on the reality that because God created you, he's the great designer, he's the great creator, he's the master, you're his masterpiece. Therefore, even if you stumbled, even if you have deficiencies, even if you've walked through trials and problems and, and sin and brokenness, even at your own doing, you have value because of who created you. And listen, when you try to be someone else, when you put on the mask, you cheapen you when you try to be me. Like you cheapen you when you try to be David Goggins. Or Joe Rogan, you cheapen you when you try to be Ben Shapiro or Donald Trump, or you cheapen you when you try to be some personality that you see out there. You cheapen you when you try to be your favorite activist or your favorite social justice warrior. You cheapen you when you walk in anything other than who God created you to be because you have value. Just as you are, you say, well, TJ, I'm, man, I've made mistakes. I've screwed up. I've, I, man, I've made a mess of things at times. Yeah. <laughs> like if you're breathing, you suck or you have at some point, like we all make terrible mistakes. Like we all have deficiencies and that's what makes us who we are. Like God created us. Like he didn't create us perfect, but he created, he created us as his own. So because of that base level, that gives you value. Now, there's a lot of other things about your personality and who you are and what you offer the world that also gives you value. So the, here's, a certain, here's a certainty about being authentic. You should be authentic because you have value for who you are, as you are. Now, I do believe, I'll say this, I do believe that we serve a good God that is faithful and loves us right where we are, but he loves us too much to leave us there. So he will refine our personalities. 
He will smooth out our character defects as we pursue Him and as we begin to produce fruits of the Spirit. But man, hear me say this today. If you're listening, you have value. That's the first thing. It's really simple. The second thing is just as simple, but it's so true. There's a purpose that only you can fulfill. And you cannot fulfill that purpose being someone you're not. I I truly believe that every person on this planet was put here for a specific divine purpose. And you cannot fulfill that purpose as somebody or, or masquerading as someone you're not. I mean, I think about it like this, like Jonah Salk. You guys know who Jonah Salk is? Anybody? Anybody in the room? Okay, cool. Well, y'all don't love people who suffered with polio at one time. So anyways, Jonah Salk created the polio vaccine, right? Like, think about this. What if Jonah Salk was like, nah, like I know my brain thinks very scientific and and like I'm just all about molecules and how these things work together, but you know what? I want to throw the javelin javelin in the Olympics. So I'm going to dedicate all of my time because javelins are cool, right? And because so-and-so throws a javelin. So I'm going to spend all of my time, I'm going to spend all of my time trying to be a javelinist. I don't even know if that's how, what, that's not definitely not what you call them, right? But like, I'm going to spend all my time devoted to this when I really know who I am. Like, think about what the world would have missed out on, Right? Like, think about what the world would be lacking if he would have chosen to be someone that he wasn't for the sake of his insecurity or the sake of trying to belong, right? So, I mean, what what is the world missing out on if you're walking in a fraudulent personality disorder? <laughs> I just keep saying that like it's a real term, but it's really cool. I like it. What What's the world missing out on? Because there's a purpose that only you can fulfill, and you cannot fulfill that purpose trying to be someone you're not. Last point I'm going to share, and then I'm going to leave you guys alone. I'll let you go for the day, but listen to this. Your voice is powerful. This is a certainty as you aim to be authentic. Number one, you have value. Number two, there's a purpose that only you can fulfill. And number three, your voice is powerful. I'll tell you this story. When I came to faith in Jesus, my primary disciples, my grandfather was sick, and I started preaching in a church as the pastor. That's what I was called when I was 16 years old. So from 16 to 19, every Sunday morning, I, I think in three, in all through high school, I think I missed three Sundays pre, from preaching over three years. I'd preach every Sunday morning, every Sunday night. And my favorite pastors, my favorite preachers at that time, well, it was really primarily one. T.D. Jakes was my favorite pastor. So T.D. Jakes, um, at the time, he was probably 50 years old, 45 to 50-year-old African-American pastor, and uh, pastored at a church called the Potter's House. Pretty sure that's what his church's name was. So I listened to all of his cassette tapes, and I know y'all don't know (laughs) Some of you are like a cassette tape. Are those where the dinosaurs are? Yeah. So like a cassette tape, right? And then like I'd watch him on TBN, y'all. I'm just unpacking this part of my life, right? And and so I I developed in my early preaching days, y'all. I I would like the words he used. I would use the swagger he had. I would try to adopt. I even bought suits. Check this out. I bought suits 
that the coat would go down to my knees and it had gold buttons. Like I 100% there are pictures. I had silver suits. I had aqua colored suits. Y'all listen, I tried to be TD Jakes. And I mean, even in the way that I would carry my handkerchief on Sunday mornings and try to wipe the sweat off my head, I was like, bro, you ain't even sweat. Why you got a handkerchief up there? I did. You say, well, TJ, why did you do that? Well, one, obviously, I really respected him, and I, and I really loved who he was and his communication style. But, man, it stopped me in my tracks one day when someone said, hey, um, God gave T.D. Jakes a voice, and you don't need to use his. You need to find your own. And, man, it just stopped me in my tracks. God gave T.D. Jakes a voice, and you need to find your own. And what I realized, and, what, and, and this is what a lot of people do, we grab somebody else's voice that we like or we think would validate us or we think is better than we are, and we adopt that voice and we masquerade in that voice. I'm not just talking about preaching. I'm talking about living, doing life. Like we begin to form this character, and we're really just playing a role rather than being who God called us to be. And the world is missing out on the power of your voice because you've adopted someone else's. The world is missing out on the significance and the preciousness of your voice because you're trying to talk in someone else's tongue, right? Someone else's language, someone else's phrasing. Trying to walk in somebody else's shoes, trying to play somebody else's role when God's called you to walk in your own shoes, to play your own role, to live out your life for his glory and for his renown because you are valuable. He was, you were created by God. You have a purpose that only you can fulfill, and you have a voice. But if you don't find it, the world will miss out on something because of and the preciousness and the power of your voice will be lost in a lie as you masquerade as someone else. It was a good word for me. It was a hard word for me. It was tough. It's like, dude, man, like you're not a 45-year-old African-American man. Why do you keep talking like one? <laughs> like, why are you preaching like one? It's tough because he was my influence. He, I loved what he said and had to say. No, listen, don't do that to yourself and don't do that to the people around you. Don't be a fraud. It's easy. It's tempting. If you're insecure, it's tempting. If you want to belong and you feel isolated, it's tempting. Listen, if you want to cheat, lie, rob, steal, get something through ill-gotten gain, it is tempting, but it is like chewing on gravel. It might be sweet for a moment, but those insecurities will be unearthed. That belonging will be found out. That ill-gotten gain will be discovered. and It will be like chewing on gravel. So here's my hope for you. My hope for you is that you would leave this podcast, that you would, when you turn this off in a few minutes or when it clicks over to the next podcast or the next thing you're going to listen to today, that you would know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you have value because you were created by God, that you have a purpose that only you can fulfill, and that your voice, with your tone and your inflection and your imperfections, your voice is powerful because it's yours. Love you guys. Thanks for hanging out. See you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the TJ Malden Leadership Podcast, where we talk about life, leadership, and the gospel. If you enjoyed this episode, share with a friend. For more content, follow us on Instagram and YouTube. If you have any questions you would like to ask TJ, whether it is about life, leadership, or the gospel, you can email those to TJ Malden Leadership Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you again for listening, and we hope you join us again on the TJ Malden Leadership Podcast.